This is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Hey everyone, it's Valerie here. Today's show is about the close of the year 2020. You know, my year started like any other. Same job, same schedule, same, same. Then I got laid off. My car got broken into. And then I ventured further into this audiobook world. Well, since I was homeschooling, can I add this to my resume? I had some free time on my hands. I baked, I cooked, I made masks, I scrapbooked. Further lockdowns happened. I've always gardened, but this year, like many of you, I'm sure, I really put the effort in and enjoyed my yard so much. Since I spent a ton of time with London because she was being homeschooled, we discovered she's really good at British accents. So we did many videos of takes like this. This is London Moss pointing to Kensington, Calgary. It is a very nice weather. There is a lot of dogs and some fancy cars are coming by. It is, I, I notice I have a new updo today. Thank you. And I'm happy to say that before the coronavirus has ended, let's let the dogs out and have some fun. She even entered this type of video into her school talent show, and it was a hit. She found a tree buddy, which the neighbors enjoyed. So we heard from the neighbors about said tree buddy. We got our green belts in karate. That means level four. We played tons of battleship and cards and tried not to watch the news. My COVID birthday came a little early in March, just before the chaos ensued, and I went bowling. Weird to think I put my finger into these holes inside bowling balls that have likely not been cleaned for many, many uses. And then, when the official day came and went, without much fuss, party, or excitement, it was fine. We went camping, sticking nice and close to Calgary. We have a trailer, so we didn't need to wager any risks with public facilities. I even baked cupcakes in the trailer camper oven for London's birthday. We decorated inside this tiny little home we have grown to love, Olive. And another COVID birthday was done. My dad had a heart attack. Life stopped. Sort of slow motion, I guess. I've been down this road a few times now with family members. It's weird and strange. They look fine, but they aren't fine. It's sort of hard to take being the one on the outside. While my dad got better, the coronavirus continued to spread. We did go and see him eventually and took him fishing. London actually caught her first fish and we did have a great time. 
He was slow to improve, but today, several months later, he's pretty much back to his old self. I focused into my audiobook world and interviewing guests and recording and editing, more cooking, progies, cabbage rolls, and baking, scones, breads, pretzels, cinnamon buns, cookies, and enjoying being home, actually. It sort of suits me. My groom's grandma turned 97. We did the drive through stampede adventure for the mini donuts. I fell in love with fishing, bought the gear, casted, casted, and casted, bought more gear and bait, and casted, and still nothing. But I love being out there. It feels so good on the soul, and we will attempt this again next year. One DIY project was a pretty major one we accomplished this year. We made my daughter a loft bed that I can actually sit totally upright on and completely walk underneath, standing straight up. Her queen bed is now above her room, which was an incredible feat. And well worth the planning, my groom is very handy. Because I had so much extra time, planning things came easy. I am a project manager, of course, so I do like to plan and conquer things. Check that task off the list. So we planned and conquered London's Halloween costume this year. She was a witch, complete with a book of spells. And this spell book was actually an old book published in the 1800s that we found at an old bookstore for just $5. It wasn't an actual book of spells, but we armed her with some spells. Take a listen. This is my full moon curse to make the full moon go. Full moon of finest silver ray, take away bad luck and pain. As you fade into the night, bring new hope back in sight. My audiobook world is something I'm becoming very proud of. And I even host a study group for audio narrators and a software we use called Audacity. This group has almost 60 members, and it's such a great way to be with like-minded people in the realm that we are in, as this too is very isolated. Two books went to retail. The first one is Limbo by Marco Panza. This is a story of a man who accidentally becomes Grim the Reaper, the most highly revered killer in Limbo, a place beyond time and space as we know it, where psychopaths compete for perverse honor and status as they carry out their deathly duties. 
As Grimm struggles to hold on to the memories of the life he's lost, he discovers that the insane being who shaped him and the course of existence itself may have sinister plans for the one thing he values most. In Limbo, the end is only the beginning. Here's the retail clip. A mouth, independent of any bodily features or appendages, stretched from floor to ceiling and halved the room. Fat, slug-like lips, a deep shade of purple ran from wall to wall and behind them. A nicotine-stained but otherwise healthy set of teeth nestled into fleshy pink gums. From between them protruded a thick, muscular tongue, roughly the size of a family van, the tip of which had wrapped around Volpe's torso, pulling him closer and closer to the cavernous maw. It breathed, and with every exhalation, Tanner was forced to inhale a putrid cocktail of corruption he would remember for the rest of his days. His partner turned his head and locked eyes with him, both equal in their helpless, speechless horror. It was as if the brief moment of recognition confirmed for each of them that this was no nightmare. Nor was it superstition. It was real. Volpe began writhing with renewed vigor as he became aware that the distance between himself and the undulating throat was closing. His arms flailed awkwardly over the edge of the tongue, reaching his hand out all the while to his partner, who couldn't seem to find the courage to reach back, nor see the sense in it. Instead, Tanner pulled out his gun, shooting twice into the salivating, fleshy mass. Within seconds, the slugs were pushed back out, producing two tiny, wet clinks as they landed. Out of options, Tanner began to scratch, kick, and pry at the tongue. Finding that equally useless, he pulled Volpe's hand with all his might. The arm gave slightly as it popped from its socket, rousing a new wave of rending screams from Volpe as he slipped mere inches from the tongue's grip. The tongue seemed to sense the incremental escape, adjusting itself and wrapping the detective up even more tightly. A bubbly, guttural noise came from both the monstrous and human mouths, and the trapped detective was drenched in a gush of sputum before his protest was finally halted by a sickening crack of his breaking spine. Tanner, undeterred by the sound, continued to pull the dislocated arm. The tongue seemed to be done toying with them both and released a fresh torrent of saliva that quickly spread underfoot. It yanked, retracting into the mouth suddenly, causing Tanner to slip and land painfully on the wet floor, but not to lose the firm hold on his partner's hand. Unfortunately, the rest of his partner was now beyond reach, past the lips and between the massive teeth. Tanner squeezed the severed hand of his partner and watched while the rest of the body was chewed like human bubblegum. After a few crunches, the enormous mouth paused, then smiled. Bits of bone, blood, and gristle stuck in its teeth like the sinews of an overcooked steak. The smile held 
and all the surviving detective could do was stare, frozen in awe of the presence and power of the monstrous mouth. The lips puckered, spat, and Tanner felt something moist, hard and heavy hit him square in the face, flattening him. Forcing himself back up to a seated position on the floor, he registered blood pouring from his nostrils, intermingled with that of his partner's. Following the trail down past his chest, it took a moment to identify the wad. His partner's former body had come to a rest across his lap, a mangled mess that resembled an animal carcass fed through an industrial meat tenderizer. Tanner's mouth dropped in silent horror as he watched the giant one move once more, having nearly forgotten it was there despite its proximity. The lips, caked with goop, and hung with ropes of severed intestines, spoke a single word in a low, rumbling tone. Run. Tanner's legs responded before his mind did. It was only when he found the others that he realized he should be screaming. My second book that just recently rent to retail is called The Education of Hoot, A Spiritual Journey by Rana LaFay Hoot. After having a near-death experience that sends Rana LaFay into a tailspin of rejection and anger, she is forced to deal with murder and forgiveness. Feeling lost and alone, she meets a mysterious old Native American. She calls him Grandfather. Grandfather takes Rana LaFay under his wing, under his tutelage. She soars and becomes who she's meant to be, a shaman, a spiritual leader given the name Hoot. In this inspiring book, Hoot shares how you, without a near-death experience, can unlock the wisdom we each possess for discovering who we are and how we can get the most out of the joys and struggles of this life. The book is also simply a spellbinding read about one person's glimpse into what may be our destiny as spiritual beings. Here's the retail clip. Locking Horns The sun has made its way high in the sky before I venture beyond my tent. Looking around, I find Grandfather sitting alone. With his back to me, he is looking out over the valley. A blanket covers his lap. The valley's not deep, but the cliff is high enough for one to see for several miles. This was once the land of huge dinosaurs. Their footprints and bones still dot the landscape. There is a deep footprint here in the rock at the cliff's edge, and Grandfather's butt is cradled in its big center toe. At one point, a large creature stood here, on this very spot, looking out over the same valley. I wonder what they saw. Was it a desert even back then? Or was it more of a swampy wasteland that I envisioned their world being? Grandfather hears me approaching and, without turning, pats the ground next to him, inviting me to join him. 
Taking a seat inside the toe next to him, I let my bare heels dangle over the edge and tap on the rock face below. There is no evidence of the mist from the night before. The multicolored dirt cliffs are majestic. They rise high above the valley and a small river meanders below unobstructed. Its easy flow gives off an energy of life in slow motion. The faint smell of campfire still dances on the air, and my mind is pulled back to the events of the night before. The autumn chill prickles my skin, and I look like a plucked chicken. I rub my arms to warm them up. How did you sleep? He asks, not taking his eyes from the view. Like a stone. Did you find the answers you seek? Yes and no. You still are confused. I have always known the right thing to do. I just don't know if I have the courage to do it. If I write letters to officials detailing the risk the boys present to the public, if I contact the Labour Board about the staffing issues that can add up to that risk, if I rock the boat, I will lose my job. If I lose my job, my world will turn upside down. I have responsibilities. I work three jobs. But the ranch is 70% of my income. CJ and I could become homeless, I say. Grandfather lets out one small grunt, but says no more. My heart tells me I love Corey, but he obviously doesn't feel the same about me. His actions scream it loud and clear, yet I hang on, hoping he will somehow magically change his mind. I don't know how to explain it. One day my whole outlook changed. I almost feel like I'm in love with the feeling of being in love. I don't want that to end. I really like it, I say, leaning back on my hands and tipping my head up to the sun. Hoot. Are you in battle with others or yourself? I guess I am still confused. I don't know who I am fighting. I am alone. Although for the first time since I returned from the Great Hall of Records, I felt God with me last night. He was not the distant God outside of me, not the God I have begged and prayed would someday notice me and grant me a blessing upon me. Instead, I found the God that loves, supports, and experiences with me. Those few fleeting moments were honest, and for one second, I felt him there with me without expectation. I felt that he was experiencing all I am experiencing. I hope to come to know that God better, because I think we could become friends, I say sitting up and giving myself a little hug to ward off a damp breeze that has snuck up, blowing away what little warmth I had. Pointing down and slightly to the right, Grandfather brings my attention to a rather macabre statue of death that lies about ten feet from the river. I see the bodies of two huge bull elk lying lifeless near the river's edge. The story is written in the scene. The two Goliaths square off. Eyes focus on the other, 
Nostrils flare and puffs of steam and snot fill the air as they bend their heads. The clash of their huge antlers is heard for miles around, echoing through the canyon. The older of the two brings experience, while the younger brings the strength of youth. One hard jerk at just the right angle breaks the neck of the old bull, and he falls dead, pinning the younger in a lifeless eye-to-eye gaze. The young bull tries with all his might to unlock his horns from the dead elder, but it's of no use. After hours of struggle, his energy spent, the younger elk falls next to his foe. Trapped in death's embrace, suffering and exhausted, he dies of dehydration. While a cool river runs only feet from him, singing its mocking song. When you are looking to lock horns with someone, you must understand your foe. Often, the fight can cost more than the expected, when you are the only opponent. The fight you speak of are not ones you can win if you are fighting yourself. You must pick a side and hope you don't break your neck in the process. Only you can know what battles to take up and which ones to lay down. You are very brave, Hoot. Never doubt your courage, and you will never be alone if you are willing to let spirit in, he says. I don't feel brave. I feel tired. You're cold, Grandfather says, pulling the blanket from his legs and wrapping it around my shoulders. Taking a corner in my left hand, I pull it over his back, draping it around him to cocoon both of us in its warm embrace. I pull him close and take in all the beauty. God really outdid himself with this one. It's a true masterpiece. If I could just sit here in this moment forever, I would be content in the land of the dinosaurs and dead gladiators. Enjoying our special time together. We had Christmas catered. It was wonderful. We had way too much food. Okay, gang, let's do this. Yeah. You're gonna go to that same spot? Yeah, because that's because like the homeless center's right there, right? They're they're like the seriously My groom had an idea to bring this to the homeless. We understood the rules around COVID, but decided we would drop these meals all heated from the oven to street people down on their luck. What a way to end this Christmas day. Here's our adventures. The down on their luck souls we touched were very grateful. They needed more water, socks, mitts, a home. But we gave what we could give. London saw something that has likely permeated her thoughts and her heart for years to come as it has ours. 
Yeah, but these aren't the real, real homeless guys, like right at that center, you know? Yeah. These are. Oh. I'm already handing that Okay, just leave them in the thing though so they don't spill or anything. I know. Okay. Except when I hand them out to you, I just kind of have to them, right? Yep. And who knows? Dad might get out and hand the whole thing over to somebody. Yeah, we'll see where we'll go There's see. There's a what's, big group there. We'll go see what's going on. is to make somebody happy tonight, right, Bugs? I just thought about that too. I have two in my thing if we really need them. Okay, here's the drop-in center here, Bugs. Yeah, right here. Okay, I don't see anybody there, Jeff. Oh, there they are. Grab mom too. You can turn the light on here. How many do we have here, Jeffy? Well, we have quite a few. You guys want some turkey dinner? Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you so much. Thank you. Give one of this guy here. Grab him. Want a hot meal? You guys are lights every mystery. They're awesome. Any water? Any water? They have no water. Utensils? Utensils are in the. They're in the bag there, hon, with their buns. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Take care. Thank you so much. Um, how many are left? I have um, three water full meals and one bag. Three? We don't have enough for everybody, Jeff. Just, just hang enough. on to it. So we have three meals, honey? Three full meals and one of those bags that have the total in it. Okay, we'll give the three meals together. Hey buddy, you want a hot meal? Turkey meal? There's cutlery in there. It's, it's turkey. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Everyone's so happy. given it to them but they would have had to share. The other guy was smoking crack at the time. I know I saw I didn't want to stop there. So we have two meals now right Bugs? Two meals and one of those bags. Okay two so meals. two meals and we'll give the one extra bag with one of the meals okay? With one of the meals that already have Yeah. Definitely
There's two people there. Can you go this way? There's two people right there. Okay, let's just, uh, is the police talking to them? than you can give bugs. So if we can just give... She, but she was shivering and I saw her supporting. They were freezing. I said, well, the meals are hot. You guys enjoy. They were very happy at least. We only have two though, right, bugs? Two in a bag, right? Two in a bag. Well, I just give the bag to somebody else. Got the same people. Exactly. Just from passed, like passed out, out from drugs or alcohol. Drugs or make them pass out. Maybe he's cold, hypothermia. That all makes me shiver. I know. It is sad, honey. That makes me sad. Well, they're all in, right? They're all in getting. There'd be lots of people inside, yeah, for yeah. sure. Pass me something there, Bill. Give him the extra buns, too. To there, so. to judge. We'll give it to whoever we see that can. We'll just let these guys go. Pass it to Mum, London. Got it. Yeah. Hands are falling down. Can you open it out? Bad will. I'm just running over to him. 
buddy. Losing his pants. <laughs> he's, he's just losing his pants. He's okay. Is he really oh, losing his pants? I did have you. He did? Yeah. All of his pants all the way down. I know. But I was like, he's not rocking very good, is it? <laughs> he's he needed it. He needed his. He... Oh, and a turtle. And a turtle. He said that? Yeah. Aw. All right. Merry Christmas, buddy. I gave you a wave. Okay. All right, family. He pulled up his pants. He Good work, family. Pants. Good job, mosses. Good At job, least mosses. Made seven, six people very happy. Give six people hot turkey dinners with cutlery. <laughs> no, no, it did really good, Bell. And turtles. You did great. I should have had bottles of water, but I couldn't think of everything on the spot. What? Yeah, we'll know for next time. <laughs> Maybe next time we can make a homeless list and think of everything that a homeless would need, and we can give each person a little bit of things that we don't want, right? Like well, for a little this was all stuff we bought for our family, and that the fact that we could share it is a wonderful thing. Is amazing. Makes me feel good. Makes me feel good too. Feel good too. I'm like. What was your year like? Like none other, I'm sure. If you wanted to share your ups and downs with me, I'd sure read them and respond to all of your stories and comments. I wanted to share a little story about perspective. We've seen and heard things in 2020 that we cannot believe, don't want to believe, and yet seem so far-fetched with this pandemic and all kinds of things going on in the world. I got this story off Facebook. I took screenshots at the time, March 14th, but I couldn't find the link to share with you today. For a small amount of perspective at this moment, imagine you were born in the 1900s. When you were 14, World War I starts and ends on your 18th birthday, with 22 million people killed. Later in the year, a Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until you are 20. 50 million people die from it in those two years. Yes, 50 million. When you're 29, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25%. Global GDP drops 27%. That runs until you are 33. The country nearly collapses along with the world economy. When you turn 39, World War II starts. You aren't even over the hill yet. When you're 41, the U.S. is fully pulled into World War II. Between your 39th and 45th birthday, 75 million people perish in the war. And the Holocaust kills 6 million. 
At 52, the Korean War starts and 5 million again perish. At 64, the Vietnam War begins and it doesn't end for many years. 4 million people die in that conflict. Approaching your 62nd birthday, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis, a tipping point in the Cold War. Life on our planet, as we know it, could well have ended. Great leaders have prevented that from happening. As you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. Think of everyone on the planet born in 1900. How do you survive all of that? A kid in 1985 didn't think their 85-year-old grandparents understood how hard school was. And yet, those grandparents are now great-grandparents, survived through everything listed above. Perspective is an amazing art. Let's try and keep things in perspective. Let's be smart, help each other out, and we will get through all of this. In the history of the world, there has never been a story that has lasted. This too shall pass. The picture to go along with the story is of five little kids, all malnourished, dirty, barely clothing to cover their tiny little bodies and souls. No smiles, barefooted, and just with so much ask on their faces. May all of you find peace in the new year. And reflect on the years that have passed. Be grateful for the little things that you have. Until next time, be kind to each other. Thank you for listening to the show today. I know I have been amiss in pushing out podcasts, but I have a lot more coming, so please stay subscribed and tune in when you can to listen to my show and follow me on social media. Take care, everyone. It's Valerie Moss from Calgary, Alberta, Studio 17.